Jimmy, you're you're in a hotel room. I'm in a hotel. I'm in uh, Hudson, Wisconsin. I've been here since Sunday. Today's Wednesday. I got here Sunday evening. I'm here with George Von Driska. Not here in the hotel room. George lives about 15 miles from here in uh, Hammond, Hammond, Wisconsin. So I've been going to George's house. We're making content for the Woodworkers Guild of America. David, did I say that right? Is that the, the website? Yep. 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 Uh, George is in charge of the woodworking aspects of that website. Well, apparently there's a company called TN and they own several different, uh, for lack of a better term, like hobby type things. They have a, they have a website or content creation for RVs, woodworking, outdoor, outdoors, motorcycle stuff. So they're a big content, internet content company. It's still becoming more in focus to me as I hang out with George. And George is in charge of the woodworking stuff for many years now. I was surprised to find out many years, maybe 12, 15 years he's been in charge. Dave, you said you, you were involved you were uh, as a customer way back and George was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I paid for, I don't know if it was like a monthly or a yearly subscription to the website. Yeah. But when I first got into woodworking, it was really helpful. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot. It seems like a lot of basic stuff. And so we're creating maybe six or eight videos, you know, some as long as just a minute. And, and one, the big featured one is this bandsaw box that I sent you guys pictures of. I think George posted a few things about it. We're making a toolbox, sort of like an heirloom toolbox, but all the joints are made on the bandsaw because I am the bandsaw specialist. So that's why he brought me in. So everything we're doing is kind of bandsaw centric, all the tips and tricks that we're doing. It's been going great. And the camera crew guys are awesome. They have lots of experience with fun stuff. So we're chatting about all kinds of cool stuff that they worked on in between. And we're trading industry secrets. I'm having a good time. Much to my surprise, I'm having a good time. And it's kind of the topic we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's good. So uh, I posted a new video about some truck bed modifications I did to my Chevy. And it's getting a good response. I didn't expect it to people to even be interested in watching that, but it was something that I wanted to do and I needed to plug in a, an ad. And so I got that out just before I left. And so I don't know if I'll have a video coming this weekend only because I'm here, but we'll see. The ad that you did was for that, that battery. Echo. Yeah. The big the echo. echo yeah. thing. And the funny thing is I've been using that. I used it all last summer. <clears throat> I, I have that that battery without the solar pack, but I would take right. a go-kart racing so I could run my lights, I could run my air compressor and it all that. It seems to work really well. It works. Uh, like this is not an ad, but yeah, yeah it, it does work. <laughs> it does work great. And they ran, uh, they had Van Neistat do an ad for them. I saw his, his ad was out like a week before mine. So I commented and said, Hey, I've been using that thing for a year. It's filled with dirt and grease and it works great and then they reached out to me and said we saw your comment we were going <laughs> to get involved but we want to do a video with you and i'm like oh and i sent them a photo of wow. my unit which is just full of dirt and grease that's great works great yeah yeah they're easy going i mean they seem to be happy with i just did that one pass on my ad and they seem to like it that's good and yeah so it was cool and and i i truly like i kind of have this plan of leaving it in the back of my truck so i always have to Always, the one thing I can't stand is having to charge my phone with my car running because all the audio goes through the system and I can't, you know, you got to leave oh. on your Bluetooth. So it, like I'll be in the middle of a phone call while my car is charging my phone while I'm working outside my car and in the middle of the conversation, it jumps inside the car. So 
anyway, so being able to charge the phone without having to turn the car on and, and you know, even anything. And you could run a grinder on it. I use In the video, I run a die grinder and a palm sander on it. And it doesn't even, the percentage of how much time you have is considerably high because it's such a big, dense battery, at least that particular model. I, uh, I haven't pitched, so it looks like we're going to do a video, and I haven't pitched them my idea yet, but it's very likely that... Years ago, we did a bat house in a parking lot where DeWalt sent me a bunch of battery-powered tools, and I, I just went that, to DeWalt yeah. and made this bat house in the parking lot there. I'll probably do something similar, so I want to find like a remote park or something and yeah. just do a woodworking project with no power. Yeah, yeah. We have oh, parks. Besides- you could come here and do it here. That that's uh, it's I a mean- little it's a little far away. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's remote for you. <laughs> it is remote. Yeah. I was going to say just as far as upcoming kind of long-term videos like we we talk about from time to time. I got I've been collecting parts for the go-kart for I'm going to weld up a go-kart frame and have fun with that. Try and get that done by the July 3rd go-kart event at my racetrack. And also I'm doing all the pre-production on the boat I want to build. So I'm feeling confident two projects that were felt very overwhelming to me but just scratching the surface getting the plans, I actually have the plans with me here. I, t- I took small f- snapshots of the plans so I could study them and get my mind wrapped around all the details. I already cut out the stations for the boat build. I have my old strong back, which is that big beam that the canoe was built on top of. I have that. So getting all that pre-production going. So when I get back from England, I'll be able to kind of jam on that. So I'm going home. I'll be home for a few days. And then, Bob, we go to England. Mm-hmm. You sound so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the same. Okay. It's the same thing that we've talked about before. Like, I'm excited to be there. I'm not excited to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and those two days of hanging out and interacting and, you know, being with people. That will be cool. But the other two days of traveling there and back, (laughs) man. Are you coming alone or are you coming with members? Yeah, I'm coming alone this time. And that's part of it. I think if if Jenny was coming with me, it would feel more like a trip. Now it just feels like a work trip, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. because it just didn't make sense for us to try to turn it into something bigger this year. So it's just me. So I'm there doing the thing and turning around and coming right back, which is kind of a drag. Same with me and and Derek are going to do the same thing. I'm flying out of Boston because Logan has better flights than I can get in New York. So I'm just going to drive, hang out with Derek for the night and then get on the plane. That's cool. Well, it'll be fun once we get there, I'm sure. Yeah. But cool. Well, David, what have you been up to? You are not in a hotel, but you do. I'm not in a hotel. I was in a. Setup, I was in the ER last night. What? No. Yeah, still have the the band on my wrist. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So my shop is cursed right now. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, that video uh, was crazy. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny. I two days ago I posted on Twitter. We had a great day in the shop. The curse has been lifted. The curse mm. was listening and uh, <laughs> came showed. Back. Yeah, it came back. Um, I'm making. It's a really silly, ridiculous project, but I have uh, I have this book, and it's a collection of popular woodwork or uh, popular science magazine projects from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and there in there there is a a phone, I forget what they called it, um, a phone bench. 
There was a time when your phone was connected to the wall, so this was a little thing to hold your phone. And you could also sit at this little bench, talk on the phone, and smoke your cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> Like so, you do. <laughs> like you do. And so I'm just flipping through the book. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make that. It looks cool. It's ridiculous. There's no point to it anymore, so it'll be fun. And so and we made it out of all this walnut, this beautiful walnut that I had, and it was going so good. And then the next day, I'm adding finish to it, and it's, it's, uh, it was overhanging off my bench because it's, it's, it's sort of long. And I turned around, and it fell like right onto my arm, but I caught it before it hit the floor. I think it would have been fine, but it would have really stunk if it would have broke on the last step of the project. And um, at the time, I just kind of cursed at it, put it back up on the bench, and finished it off. I'm like, ah, that's gonna bruise. And I came in the house, and like two hours later, my arm was really swollen up and put some ice on it. And just the weight of the ice bag was so painful. And I never go to the hospital. I don't think I've been to the ER as an adult, and I avoid the doctor at all costs. And I'm like, it might, it might be broken. It might be broken. Oh. It might be broke. And like, because it was just so tender and so painful. And so... Kelly was like, we should go to the, we should go get an x-ray. So we did. And it turns out it was absolutely nothing. Like it's not broke. It's just, it hit just right Muscle where. Pain. Yeah. But the thing is at the hospital, the pain started going away and I'm like, I don't think it's I broke I promise anymore. it really hurt. Yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah, hurt two really. hours ago. So uh, I'm going to, I'll get a big bill for absolutely nothing. But anyway, yeah. Peace of um, mind. That's what you paid for. Peace of yeah, mind. Yeah, paid for peace of mind. Yeah. I'm I'm totally okay. The project's okay. And that video will be out in a couple of days. And it's ridiculous and fun. I was trying to flip through the book real quick to show you the drawings, but um, I, I couldn't find it. But the drawings in this book are, they're fantastic. They're just like, Ooh. so you don't, you don't get step-by-step plans. You just get one drawing with most of the measurements. It's kind of a weird way to work because you have to kind of fill in the gaps because not every single measurement that is there. And then some things are exploded, so you don't know exactly like where this bench seat was going to go. Like, does it fit flush up against here? And um, so it was, it was kind of fun to figure out. And I think I think we have a, a good winning title and thumbnail for this video, so it should be fun. Cool. Cool. I've got Did a couple of with the mugs? books. You, like, you said you were... I was going to say, you gave the mugs away to, to the Patreons to finish them? Oh, Did you f- yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the coffee and mug the thing that I... the shop day ever video. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I sold all four mugs to my Patreon members. And I did... I was, I'm was. i hoping that they finish them, and then I return to the project, and I can show them off. But I did tell them, hey, you don't have to finish this if you don't want to. I don't want to put... <laughs> I don't want to put pressure on somebody else or... Transfer the curse to one of my Patreon yeah, members. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. gonna have the same shop that you did with all four of those mugs. It's like the Brady Bunch, yeah, yeah, in Hawaii. So if they finish the project, if they choose to, uh, I will highlight them when I return to the coffee mug thing. Somebody did say that they've attempted this before, and then the very first time they poured coffee into the mug, they heard the wood crack, like the metal insert oh. expanded a little bit. So maybe it's a good thing that I didn't finish. And I can keep that in mind. Maybe I will make the fit a little bit more loose and then kind of fill that with epoxy so it has room to to expand. Hmm. But 
Does the just, does the insert have a little lip over the top of it? I assume no, it does. It's it comes straight up. up and straight up and down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's surprising. Seems like they would. I mean, I don't I, know. The I was product, I was a little but. surprised as well because um, it's, it's stainless steel and it's double double walled. I, maybe maybe I don't know what they use, mm. but um, I don't know. Everything is an experiment. We'll figure yeah. it out. Well, I'm glad you're telling yourself okay. that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was going to say, I have a few of those old um, magazines. I don't remember which magazine it is, Popular Woodworking or Popular Mechanics or one of those. Um, but I've got some collections of the old, you know, 50s and 60s projects like that that I've always kind of wanted to dive back into. And a lot of them would be super cool, but they're huge. It's like mm-hmm. this mid-century modern uh big piece of furniture that splits a big room into two rooms. Like, it's a huge <laughs> thing, and yeah. I just wouldn't have room to put it anywhere, but um, some pretty well, neat if you stuff. Well, if you guys haven't seen Talking to the Fans, Jason from Fireball Tools goes back and goes into these old mm-hmm. uh, popular mechanics and finds these crazy shop inventions, and he builds them kind of letter by letter, exactly as they're specified in these plans that are given out free. You know, some of them are pretty crazy ideas. Is that the cigarette phone bench? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've actually had one of those before. Really? (laughs) Yeah, we used it as like an end table years ago. Oh, yeah. Because it has like a a two-level... And that's how I'm going to use it. It's from the 1940s. (laughs) It's funny how old I'm actually... So, and the funny thing is, and I might get called out, and now now the listeners of this podcast will know, in the beginning of the video, I said, we're going to build this 1950s project... um, it's from a 1950s catalog, but I have a book that's a collection of them. The book is actually from the 70s. And then I'm actually looking at the phone in the photo, and I'm like, hmm, that's not really a 1950s phone. It looks either 60s. It looks more 60s. So I'm a, I might be a decade off, but I'm just going to leave it in there. I'm not going to correct myself because I don't know. I won't, I won't tell but anybody. The, but the people will correct me, yeah. <laughs> it's like you could always throw some text on screen, just a big 60s like over your mouth when you say 50s or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to... And so the, for the photo shoot, I went to the antique mall yesterday, and I found an old phone to put up there, which might work as a great decoration when we actually use the table. And I found a cool glass ashtray. Like we don't smoke, oh. but it looks it looks cool. And then I tried to find an old Toledo, like big old thick phone book, and they, I couldn't find one. So I might I might fake that for the photo shoot. I might take a I just might print something out and wrap it around a book and make it look like an old phone book. I can't believe you couldn't find an old phone book. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Seems like they would be everywhere. That's funny. Uh, let's see. For me, our video coming out this week is the next Carmen Gia video, and it's the one that I've been talking about the last few weeks about me just cutting stuff out. And uh, it turned into a little more of an emotional video than <laughs> we intended it at the beginning just because about – you know, three quarters of the way through, I was kind of like at a low point. Like I, I might have killed this thing. I might have actually. You've recovered though, right? Haven't you recovered? I, I believe bit? so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I won't know for a very long time whether I actually recovered or I just made it worse and covered it up. It would um, be funny if, like, at the end of the video, like when you're all done with the car, it comes out of the garage and it looks like it's been squished, like in Photoshop, it's just all <laughs> kind of like ten inches skinnier. And you're yeah. like, "Look, I'm done," and everyone's like, "Okay, it looks good, Bob." Uh, or there's, okay. or there's like the chassis, and then you know, three inches of insulation foam, and then the body is on top of it, and like, oh, they, they fit together. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I, I think it's 
I think it'll be fine. And if it's not fine, I'm confident that I can beat it into place yeah. down the road, you know. Uh, so that's kind of how I'm going at it. But anyway, that video is coming out this week. And we've been working on um, some other different types of videos. We're trying to come up with some different ideas for, you know, not just like another project and, and move on. And another project and move on. We're still going to do that. But trying to come up with some other types of things that would be useful to people to put in between those. So we're working on some different stuff. And that takes a different kind of, you know, to change your process, to change how you're doing a thing on a weekly basis, you kind of have to step back. It takes a little extra time to think through how to do something differently and if it's worthwhile and stuff like that. So we've been spending a lot of time uh, just trying to figure out how to do different stuff, which is an interesting challenge. And probably we'll kind of play into what we're going to talk about today. But... Um, so the stuff that we've been working on has been mostly at the office. I've been, you know, out with working on the car a lot lately. <clears throat> we did the dice towers, which was very quick. My part of it was very quick here. And then we've been working at the office. So I have not really done anything substantial in my shop for like a month and a half or something. It feels like it's been a really, really long time. <coughs> I haven't just, you know, gone in and made a thing. Um, and... Part of that is because uh, I was talking to somebody recently and we're like done with furniture. Like I can't think of another piece of furniture that I need. And I can't think of another, you know, there's no more rooms to renovate and there's no more, you know, plant holders. And there's no more little things that we just like haven't done. We've Um, reached the end of the road. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's time to wrap it up. No, just like it feels like all of the, I don't want to say low hanging fruit because that sounds like they're negative things, but the, the obvious, right. yeah. I mean, we need one of these. We Buy need a new one house. of those. Like, ugh, somebody else said that. <laughs> That's crazy. No, thank you. <laughs> Buy a spec house. Me and Taylor mm. have been looking for years for one. We just haven't found the right project. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just forcing me to look outside of uh, the obvious, I think, which is the big thing. And that's, so it's a little bit more challenging to just not not be like, oh, well, I have this list of things around our house that needs to be done. I'm just going to grab the next one from the list and make that. And so now I have to think a little bit more and put a little I'll give you a little inspiration, Bob. It. Instead of going sure. really big, go really small. I'm not even joking. Like, think of, like, mm. doing, like, a light switch cover. Doing, you, know, mm. you could really turn that into a big project if you take it into Fusion, design it, come up with some interesting texture to it, 3D yeah. print it, make, make several different ones for, you know, make personality ones or licensed versions. I'm sure there are in, in general, but... You know, look around the room and instead of thinking of the whole room, think of parts of the room, parts of the house, mm. parts of the car. Yeah, that's and a good idea. You, I actually you have extrapolate, a... You could extrapolate any one of those things into a 10, 12-minute video. I always think there's yeah. never going to be enough, and then all of a sudden I have 20 minutes to get rid of in a video. Yeah, every time I get... I think we're doing like a really short video, we end up with way more footage. You know, like yeah. the first cut is 15 minutes, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't... <laughs> I don't even think it took me 15 minutes to do the thing, but yeah, I actually have a light switch cover uh, from when I was a kid. I don't want to give away the secret, but I have this light switch cover that was moving and it had had some details to it. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it would be cool to recreate that now using like layered plastics and laser cutter and stuff like that. And so I ordered the stuff for that when we lived in Savannah. So I've had the pieces for that for ever and it just but since you've been in savannah you have now like 35 3d printers you could make anything you want now well yeah that's true yeah but anyway so um i'm looking forward to getting back to doing a couple of projects in the 
shop, which I don't know when those are going to be. They're not for a while because we're doing a couple of different types of videos. We're going to be doing one at Megan's house. Megan, who is our marketer on our team now, we're going to be doing a project at her house. And we've got a couple more things at the building that we're doing. And so, you know, it's it's cool to do. Those are different types of things than what we're used to. Um, but we're also trying to do some different types of videos, different focus, you know, that are valuable in a different way. So we're working on mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, you had an idea today for a topic, yep. Jimmy. What you got? Well, I was going to discuss it. It's only because it's my own personal feelings is that when George asked me to do this and when anybody asked me to do anything, my first gut instinct is to say no. I, I was, uh. <laughs> <clears throat> So and as, as far as the topic of collaboration... I always want to say no. I begrudgingly say yes. And then I'm always happy that I said yes. I can't remember a collaboration that I went into that I fully regretted saying yes, ultimately. I always get something out of it. So I was just going to ask you guys and just kind of do a public discussion on the idea of a collaboration. Now, with George and me, it's going to be video content collaboration, but it does involve me getting in a car, driving to the airport, going through the airport, saying hello to all the little kids that recognize me from Netflix. It's another story. And then getting to, uh, I I flew into Minneapolis and then I drove over over the border to Wisconsin and checking into a hotel room and then going to George's house and getting to meet his wife and having dinner with him on Easter Sunday. You know, all that stuff, which would, you know, off firsthand as an introverted person, you want to say no. But I'm always so happy that I actually forced myself to get out of that comfort zone and go and do those things. And then the next day we started in the shop, me and George get to know each other. We know each other, but you know, not like we've gotten to know each other this week. I think we really bonded in a great way and getting to know the, the intimacies of his business. And I'm explaining the intimacies of my business and we're learning from each other and, you know, we're developing a stronger friendship that we ever had, but I always want to say no immediately. And, you know, I talk about this example, I've said it several times here, but I'll remind it for the few people that don't know the story. When Nick Offerman and I met before he was Ron Swanson, before he was famous in the way that he's famous now, he was kind of a character actor. Him and my brother worked on a TV show together, and he came to New York to work on a project with his wife, or at least he was following his wife. She was on Broadway, and he had nothing to do. So he said, this will be the few months I'll build a canoe. And he knew my brother John, asked for my phone number, came to look at my shop to see if I had enough room. And I didn't have enough room to let him use a canoe, to build a canoe. He needed more room. And so... He found a place in Brooklyn, worked with Bear Mountain Boats. They said, come up and pick up two kits. And he called me. We didn't know. It's like the third time we ever spoke. He's like, hey, I got to go to uh, Canada to pick up these boat kits. Do you feel like taking a ride with me? <clears throat> and I said, nah, I mean, I got so much stuff to do. I appreciate the offer. And uh, he goes, okay, cool. And then I spoke, I was speaking to my girlfriend at the time. And she's like, this sounds like a great opportunity. You should really go back and talk to that guy and say, yeah, I'll do it. And so I called him up. I was like, Hey, is it still an opportunity to go for you, go with you to pick up these canoe kits? He says, absolutely. And so we used my car. I built a roof rack just for them. And he and I drove six, eight hours up to Canada, spent three days with Joan and Ted. Didn't know them. He didn't. He's like, this is going to be weird as we're rolling up this like dead, this dead street in, in Canada. This like, it was, it's like a huge grid where every grid is like going through this like dead end cornfield. And we drive and it looks like we're driving into a, uh, a murder scene and we drive into Ted and Jones driveway and the two nicest people we ever met in our life come out and greet us and they make us dinner and Ted shows us his beautiful shop and this incredible boat he's working. I like the two of us were like, Oh my God, we just like walked into a fairy tale and we made great friends with them and with each other and that trip. So 
my first impulse was to say no. And that's always my first impulse. And so whenever somebody asks me to do something, I say, yeah, let me think about it. And I'm like, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? But then I remind <laughs> myself, don't forget all the great opportunities you had when people ask you to collaborate on something. And so I'm just putting it out there. I think it's important. And, and when I say collaboration, it doesn't necessarily mean content creation like it does for us. But your neighbor wants to ask you to help him build a deck. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll learn how to build a deck or learn something that I don't know about how I know how to build a deck or whatever it is. Collaborate with people. And that's how we learn new things. Things that we think we know, but then you realize you really don't know everything you thought you knew about a topic. Because everybody does you know everything slightly the, different. The, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. What are you no, just You think you know all the things that you think you know until you realize that you don't know what you think you know. That's yes. the title right there. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I talk for a lot, so I'll leave it up to you guys. Well, David, you've done several collaborations. I wouldn't say several. I've done a couple. Um, I get a, I have a slight fear of collaborations, of not being able to perform up to maybe my own standards when I work with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the la- it's been a while since I've done anything. Well, well don't forget, uh, it's always an experiment. It's uh, yeah, that is true. It is. I have <laughs> a poster up on my somebody. wall, and rule four on that poster says everything is an experiment. But when Evan, Evan, and Caitlin were over here. And we shot a couple of videos, and the one video we were we went to the antique mall, and we were supposed to get something to modify and turn into a Christmas thing. And I just remember, like, I can't think of any good ideas because of the pressure I'm putting on myself right, my, to come up with good ideas. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not being creative. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm failing. So there's always a fear of working of working with somebody else. I work a lot better if. Um, you know, we, we come up with an idea together and then that person does their thing and I do my thing and then it comes together at the end yeah. and we're, we're separate and I'm not forced to perform or, or to be creative in, in front of somebody else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of have the same, well, kind of the same Don't forget thing. you collaborate every day with your guys, you know, you're always and that's the, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing I was going to bring up. I have I have historically had trouble with figuring out collaborations with other. So I look at myself as just a generalist. I don't think I have any particular skill that stands out above the rest. It's just I feel like I'm a medium on a lot of things, <laughs> not like, a, you know, really good at any one thing. And the problem with that is that when you go to collaborate with people, the really good ones, I think, are when two people have strong skills that are not the same, and they can both bring that strong skill to a single project or a single idea and excel. Each one excels at different things, and they make a thing that's really good. So when you have two generalists, which is usually the people that I know, I, I mean, I would kind of think of both of you as generalists as well, especially mm-hmm. you, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, if we, and that's probably why we've never done, like, a real collaboration between the three of us, because none of us have a thing that really stands out, you know, that we are like, so-and-so is the machinist and so-and-so is the woodworker and so-and-so is the whatever. Um, so I think it's difficult when you have generalists come together to just figure out how to make it unique. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need anybody to accomplish a task. It would be better with somebody else, but I don't need them. But at the same time, the other generalist doesn't really need me to accomplish their task. 
Right. And maybe that's a cynical way of looking at it, but I think that's like my kind of pragmatic way of looking at or the reason that I don't do a lot of collaborations because I look at it and I'm like, I, I mean, know. I think I mean, honestly, logistically, I so. the reason why we all don't do a lot of collaborations is because you got to get on an airplane, you got to go commit that time. And that is the most difficult thing. If we all live next yeah. door to each other, I'd be over there helping you put that sheet metal on that car, you know, literally. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a matter of, like, like Chris Zepp lives, well, he doesn't live near me, but he has a house near me. You know, once every few months, he's upstate and, you know, we hang out, you know, for what it's worth. This, Chris and obviously Derek and I spend a little bit more time together than uh, you know the average friendship, even though he lives 400 miles away. But it's uh, you know it's a matter of getting over that hump, and you know, and then that's partly why I'm bringing this topic up. It's how often do you say no to stuff simply because of all the muck and mire that goes with it? Not necessarily it; it's what goes yeah. with it. Getting right. a car, traveling, driving, like, and I notoriously don't read anything don't look at details of anything it's funny because i said like oh george lives in wisconsin as i as i recall vaguely my vague knowledge of him before i came here and then the morning of leaving tells like where are you flying into i said wisconsin somewhere and i open up the email i'm like oh i guess i'm going to (laughs) minneapolis i guess i guess george lives in minneapolis so i fly to minneapolis and then i open the text he sent me five days earlier of exactly where his address is. He goes, when you get the car, come here. And then I'm driving there and Taylor's looking at my map. We're talking because I just landed and I got the car. So we're talking on the phone, catching up. And she's like, I'm watching your pin, your location. She goes, you're about to drive into Wisconsin. I go, am I? And I, I, I just ta- <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're about to drive over the river, the St. Croix River. And I'm like, oh, I guess George does live in Wisconsin. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I drive and I, I find his address. And so that's kind of my my protection zone is me just not having to know the details when i commit hmm. to something i just don't want to know the details it's like my protection racket that i do with myself and i don't want to know the details until i absolutely need to know them because if i did have to know like oh, i'm gonna fly into here i'm gonna fly into one state and drive to another state what oh, man this yeah. is so stressful. you know that's what i'd be going through and so mm-hmm. I protect myself by committing and then not confronting any of it until the last second that I have to do it. And then when I do it, I'm like, I'm like sitting at George's table having Easter dinner with him and his wife. And I'm like, wow, I was just in New York like a few hours ago. This is like so cool. Mm. And yeah. like I said, that is the anxiety. That is the anxiety that keeps us from getting out of our own way is that, oh, I got to drive here. I got to commit an entire day of travel. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, you know, it's Nick Zemetti's calling me right now. <laughs> it's funny. I'll call him right So now. you brought up, like, me collaborating with the team uh, on a daily basis. And that I had written that down because that has become a bigger part of what we do. And and I, it works for a different reason, I think. Um, but uh, so recently we had in, in our little team of five, <clears throat> we had a discussion Whereas for a long time, we've said, like, we should really sit down before we start filming a video and, like, sit down and really talk about what's the point, what's the process, how can we make this thing as good as possible beforehand. But we're always so under the gun, we would just jump in and start shooting it and try to figure it out as we went along. And then we'd get to the end and we'd be like, oh, we should have shot this at the beginning for a good intro. Or we should have set this up earlier so that we would have this later. And, that you know, all the kind of we should have things. And so recently, um, uh, through a bunch of discussions, we were like, okay, let's finally put it on the schedule. We're finally a couple weeks ahead. Let's put it on the schedule to have a pre-production meeting. And it doesn't have to be some big official thing. Just 
sit down and figure out what we're going to do before we actually do anything. And so we did that and it took 15 minutes with a couple of us, but we all were clear about what we were doing going into it. And we started thinking about things that we could do beforehand and, you know, how to integrate with past projects and all of that type of stuff. And so now it's a thing that we do for every video and we're doing pre-production for videos that are going to be shooting in like a month. So we're getting that initial work done now. And I know that kind of probably for most people listening, that sounds a little corporate-y and, you know, whatever to have a pre-production meeting, but it's just us sitting down and kind of talking through, because in my mind, if I'm going to make a table, I can pretty much visualize the process of making that table. But Anthony, who's going to be shooting me making that table, doesn't necessarily know where I'm going step to step. So he just, you know, tell me what the process is. Okay, will we do this, yeah. then this, then this. That's, okay, It's really cool. important. That's really, it, it really it gets yeah, rid of a gonna, lot of that anxiety that I was talking about of like, yeah. oh, I got to do this. And that's why I'm doing the same thing with the boat. The anxiety of me building this boat. I know I want the boat. I, I remember the experience of doing the canoe, and I want that same experience. And I'm excited, but just getting set up and where am I going to do it, which which is a good overhead shot, all that stuff. But when you confront it, it's not as bad as it seems because you make it up in your mind that it's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if a project is in my mind, it's not scary because I know the thing. But for anybody else on the team who has a job to do around that project, they don't know all of the details. And so I realize that it's kind of not fair to them. Like, hey, do your job, but I'm just not going to give you all the information you need. <laughs> like, that's not, I didn't realize that was happening, but it, you know, that doesn't seem fair. So we've started to collaborate. I mean, we've always been collaborative, but we started to collaborate in a different way where we spend that conversational time before we start shooting something. We're also doing a lot more these days of we'll talk about an idea. And then I have to go work on one thing. And so Josh will take that idea and model it up and like do a draft of what it could look like. And then we'll come back and talk about it. And this really happened with the um, the gaming table we did where it was like kind of a rough idea we threw around for a little while. And then he just made a model of what was in his head. And so I gave some feedback on it and he modified it. And we did that three or four times to significant change of the of the actual piece of furniture. Like it changed a lot. And then we finally started building it and it didn't really work the way that we had planned. And so then on the fly in the middle of shooting, we had to collaborate again on let's change this completely, come up with a totally different idea, different construction and everything. And so we're doing a lot more of that where it's like we, as a group birth an idea, you know, and then different people take different parts of it. And so that's working out really well as like an internal team. And so hopefully I can take some of that same, you know, those same processes and stuff and, and do that with other people and, and get out of my own little thing about it being difficult to collaborate with other people. Cause I think I, I, I probably hold that up as like a defense mechanism more than anything else, you know, more than it's probably yeah. true. So. Yeah. We'll like I said, I always go through that internal thing of like, don't do it. And then I was yeah. like, maybe you'll get something out of it. Even if even if it's exactly what you already know, you'll get to see a new place. You get to meet some new people. And I told you guys, the, the cameraman on this job, it's, the other thing is that it's made it easy is that this cameraman, this website actually has a camera crew and they have all professional equipment. And these guys have multiple years of experience. And we're talking about everyone's gigs and 
one of the guys that's shooting me worked on Pulp Fiction. How cool is that? I'm like <laughs> talking behind awesome. the scenes stuff about Pulp Fiction and and you know some other stuff he's worked on, and it's just amazing. We just keep trading stories, and like he just keeps topping. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh I worked on this. Oh, oh did I? Oh did I mention I worked on that? I'm like, wow, you got an incredible career for someone that's mm. basically based in Minnesota. You know, it's just crazy. He lived in L.A. for many years, but there's you're always going to find something. You know, if you're looking for something positive, you'll find it. If you're looking for something negative, you'll find it. So you got to try and stay on the bright side. Hmm. I think I need to, as far as like looking for things there, I think I need to look for opportunities to to treat a collaboration as like a teaching moment for me. Like I need 100%. to find people that instead of just being like, well, hey, let's both put a part into this. How can I go collaborate being a learner? How can I go to somebody who knows has that kind of non-generalist specialist knowledge and go to them and learn from them, you know? And so maybe I've just been looking at the end goal of collaboration a little bit wrong. I think the reason for that probably is because I don't have the confidence to feel like I have that specialist thing to offer back to somebody. Does that make sense? Yeah, but Bob, when you look back, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap you around a little bit. When you look <laughs> back, you just spent ten years doing YouTube videos, designing, developing. You have a software background. You work for you. Know, you have so much knowledge to give to well, anybody. I, I'm not I'm not trying to say I don't have knowledge to give, but I think no, like but this. It, it does. It's not necessarily about exactly being like the surgeon that only works on hands or the mm. engine guy that only knows everything about pistons. I think it's just all your knowledge is extremely valuable even if it's not like only coding or only oh, right yeah you know what i mean i just think all of it together is so important because it's all so nuanced and intertwined whereas like mm. somebody mm-hmm. who only knows 3d printing you know 3d printing and you created that that course online that could eventually be you know that is invariably part of 3d printing in one aspect or another so you have being a generalist you have that connectivity that a lot of specialists don't necessarily have so mm. how to connect 3d printing to woodworking <clears throat> or bring it into your metal yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so there it is so there you go bob, bob you, okay. you know more than you think you know i have stop leaning <laughs> stop stop taking the easy way out <laughs> okay i have been put in my place thank you i yeah, remember I mean, go ahead oh go ahead you can finish your thought well, I was just going to say, I, I do think that it would be valuable to, to do collaborations for, for yeah. me and for our team and just for like the, the uh, community in general. I think the more we can work together, the better for everybody. And so yeah. uh, it's just something I gotta, I'm going to have to get over. And like, like right now, you're, you're, you're a noob with the car stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in a few more months, you're not, you're not, you're not a noob, right? This, uh, you're a noob, but you oh, have... Yeah. The first beginnings now, the next person that comes to you and says, hey, I want to do a car, uh, I saw you did a car, you, what are you going to tell them? Don't cut all the bottoms off before you have reference. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> now you're an expert. I know one thing. <laughs> no, yeah. but once you're done with this car, you're going to know so much. Yeah. And yeah. you know, even though you're not the expert expert that restores cars for a living, but when the new person comes along that's never done it, and they, they like you because they like cars and 3D printing and you know, all the various things your channel offers, you're the expert to that person. Hmm. So, there good you go. All right, David, what were you going to say? I, I remember back when I was in a band, and a lot of the times I would write the songs at home and then bring them to the band. And I remember thinking, there's so many, like, 
the song is this is good. This is this is going to be a good song. It's perfect. All I just I just need people to write their parts and, and fill it in, and I would take it to the band, and then everybody would have their thoughts on Two it. Like, well, maybe we we should change this up, or maybe we should add this or remove this. And I so many times remember thinking this song is so much better. I thought it was good, but mm. now it is so much better because other people have put right. their input in there, and it, it it works better. I haven't found a way to do that in my shop yet i would love to find somebody um with a different skill set um you know maybe maybe i need to reach out to my buddy joel who's a a a sculptor and and a metal worker maybe we should work on something together but i would love to find somebody local that does something completely different and kind of collab and and work on something because i think um you know bob you were mentioning you want it to be a learning process for you but i think when no matter if it's two generalists or two experts getting together, you're definitely going to learn something from the other person. You're going to learn how they approach a problem or how they do a technique or even just learning how to work with somebody because I'm not very good at working with somebody else. So I think it's something I haven't thought about a lot lately, but maybe it is something I should think about more is working with other people just to make myself better. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of years have kind of ruined a lot of stuff uh, as for far sure. as like the potential for working with other people. Speaking of, at the very, it might have even been before COVID. I don't remember, but <clears throat> we had this uh, Pat Flynn who does podcasts and stuff. We, uh, David, you and I have both been on his podcast before, and he reached out and had this idea for a podcast related project, and so. We jumped in and we made this really cool thing. And right when we were planning on taking this thing out to San Diego, COVID stuff hit. And it was like, well, we don't know where this is going, so we'll just postpone the trip. And, you know, we've shot 95% of this video (laughs) in 2019 or whatever. And this thing is in the other room. It's just sitting there. And we still, all we have to do is fly it out to San Diego, sit down and have a conversation with Pat about it, and then the video's done. And hmm. the last couple of years have just made that so difficult. And now, we were talking about it the other day, now we're at a point where, like, that's realistic to get on a plane again, for me, you know, to, to take that thing out there, and for Pat. And um, so now we can finally just finish that one little thing. And it's still, that whole thing just comes back to, Jimmy, what you were saying, I got to get on a plane and like that's the holdup. That's the thing. Yeah, like, oh, man, the I got a hurdle. Yeah, and it's like San Diego. It's not like I'm going to some terrible place. You know, I, I mean, a weekend yeah. in San Diego sounds pretty nice, but um, <laughs> you know, it's still just the effort of packing up a this thing and getting it out there and whatever. So, but so the last couple of years have definitely made you know anything like that really difficult to even plan for and 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 all that type of thing. So hopefully that will. Now that that's eased up a bit, maybe we'll start to see more collaborations between people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anybody? Wh- I, okay, I'm going to preface this with: please don't send us emails about wanting to collaborate. That's not the point of me asking this question. Do the two of you have anybody that you've always wanted to build something with that you never have gotten a chance to, or you know, we could throw it out into the world right now? 
And I will. I, I watched Casey's new video, his recent video where he goes surfing in Dubai. I, I always wish that I would have been able to make something with Casey and help him do some camera rig or help him solve some problems, mm-hmm. you know, because I think he, my shop would be a playground to him, you know, visually yeah. and physically for, you know, the capabilities and the things that I could do. So that was always something I was hoping, but we never actually made friends just because he never stopped moving and I always stayed in my shop. But we never, we never officially really met. Yeah. So we emailed once, but that was right when his first daughter was born. And so he's like, I, I tried, to, I, a friend introduced us and, and I said, would you come speak in my class? He says, I would. He goes, but I just had a kid. He goes, when things calm down a little bit, maybe I will. And that was the last time we spoke. Hmm. Uh, very similar for me is I just pulled this photo off my vision board, but uh, it's a photo of Peter McKinnon. I would love to do a video with Peter McKinnon, and I, it's it's more about a video collaboration and less about making a thing. But that's what I think about quite a bit is is making videos. Um, so yeah, right along right along the same lines. I don't think Peter even knows who I am. I mean, I've commented on some stuff and he's replied, but. Yeah, that's that's one of that's one of my dreams right there. He just makes the best videos. Yeah, I think he would be on my list as well. That would be really cool. I don't know. I asked that question without having an answer to it, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because it's not. I guess because of how I've always looked at collaborations, I don't really build up a lot of. Oh, it'd be really cool if in my head. I've never really. Well, Bob, you collaborated early dismissive. on with with with, uh, with Mark Rober. You collaborated, with yeah, him. yeah, and that was great. And I mean, I uh, did a video with uh, or a couple of videos with Evan and Caitlin, and that was awesome as yep. well. I mean, the fact that they they came here and stayed for a few days, and we did videos, which was great. But we also just got to hang out, and like yeah. the two of them and my wife and I playing video games together at night after our kids went to bed was like that was just super cool. <laughs> yeah. And even things like you know, we got to be friends with them better friends with them during that time. And that was more important to me than, than the actual video. The videos are great and you know, it's a good time. But the fact that we had them as friends in our home and our kids got to get to know them and they were awesome with our kids and stuff, you know, that, that was more important to me than, than the video stuff. But yeah, so I've done a couple uh, collaborations and they've mostly been great. I've had a couple that weren't so hot, but Rob Scallon and the shovel guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Rob's great. And we've talked about doing more stuff together. He just needs it. It's like he doesn't need a lot of things built, but, you know, I've, and, and he has a lot of people that build things for him. But, yeah, I'd like to do something else there. Uh, Alex Steele and I have talked about doing something several times, but then he left the country and hasn't been back. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that hasn't worked out. But I have a really I got to funny. Build a hammer with him. That was fun. You know, he did all the hard work. He just said, here, hit that with that. I said, okay, that. <laughs> I've got a really funny idea for a collaboration with him that I would like to do. Uh, and it maybe wouldn't be as funny now as it was when I thought of it. But I'll t- maybe tell you in the after show because I think it would be really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, um, you guys got anything else on this? I know it's kind of short. I mean, we, we're shorter than we usually go. But I, I don't know if there's any other thoughts on collaboration stuff. No, I would we, just say, you know, for all of us, like all of us are guilty of what I keep hitting on, which is the first impulse is to just say no. Yeah. And, you know, if you have an opportunity to collaborate and, and we're talking about mostly content creation, but if you could collaborate on anything, you know, 
help me go retrieve a car in the grass. Okay, let me go, let's go collaborate and figure out how to get that. Help me, you know, go pick a machine out of a basement. Yeah, stuff like that. This, I think that's fun stuff. But Jimmy, you mentioned something before we hit record about uh, the three of us collaborating and how yeah, we've already done it. Out. We, we're still working yeah. out. We've been doing it for seven years or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said we, because we first met, we were joking about this, not joking, but we kissed. Uh, kissed on the idea of doing. Finish that sentence, please. Yeah, that was just it. <laughs> and we kissed cut. on. <laughs> we kissed on the. I don't know why I used that phrase, but we kissed on the idea of of sharing something and sending it to each other and like kind of doing a round robin. Oh, remember it was actually each one of us was going to start a project and pass it around. So it was going to be three yeah. projects passed around three times. That was I remember in the beginning now. And I got that, something in the mail from Bob. I think. Oh, that's right. I'm the only one that did that. Forgot. Yeah, yeah. That I uh, that ended up somewhere else. <laughs> I think I made. I, I think I convinced you to burn it or something. I don't. Yeah, remember. I think I burn it. Yeah, yeah. And then we were beating each other up for not doing it, and I was like, "Well, let's not beat each other up because we've collaborated once a week for the last five, seven years." So there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Cool. Well, um, I guess you guys come up with something you want to recommend. I have not yet, but I'll go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there. Uh, every week, you know, we get support from people. We have new people coming on all the time and really grateful for everybody. The top supporters over there are Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Maincrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, and Full Steam Designs. But there's a lot of other people. A lot of other people. Like... Let me see. Who haven't I said in a while? I don't know. Scott. Scott D. Orem. Dad it yourself, DIY. What's up, Scott? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that never get mentioned, uh, but they still support us, uh, and they all get the after show. I'm really grateful for all that support. It means a lot. And if you want to get the after show, which is a separate feed, separate podcast, special feed you have to get from Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash making it and sign up at any level. And that would be awesome. But if you don't want to do that, cool. Just glad you're here. You guys got anything to recommend this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I was going to suggest the book, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to collaborate with you, Dave. Could you hold that book up? Yeah. We're in a collaboration, <laughs> suggestion collaboration. So, so that people can't see it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's CNC Router Essentials by George Von Driska. And who else? Isn't somebody else on there? Or is it just George? Uh, Randy Johnson. They collaborated Probably making... not the pitcher, the baseball player. Yeah, not the baseball that player. That would be pretty but, cool. Uh, but, uh, George has a deep knowledge on CNC and using CNCs for woodwork. And so go check out that book. You can get it on Amazon and just gives you some various how-tos on CNC pertaining to woodwork, fine woodwork. I, so this channel is absolutely amazing. This guy should have a million subscribers. It's called Inspire Woodcraft. And, um, I mean, he's got a a fairly good, good size channel. It's 223,000 subscribers, but he's got some of these tricks videos and tips videos and lots of woodworkers on YouTube will make these videos, me included. But the ones that he does, they are, they seem like brand new ideas and i am amazed every time i i watch them so uh 
I think this guy approaches woodworking a little bit different. And just, I don't think there's a lot of builds on his channel, but a lot of how-tos and tricks. It's so good. So, inspire woodcraft. Cool. Um, I don't have anything to recommend. <laughs> I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to... I have not watched anything lately. Uh, I cannot think of a single thing that has... Uh, well, okay, here's a channel I, I watched one video from, and it was good. It's called The Hot Rod Hippie. You ever seen Hot Rod Hippie? No. I've only seen one video, but it was pretty good. Uh, and it was about butt welding versus overlapping sheet metal. I'm still... The only things I'm watching are like how to do sheet metal <laughs> welding. <laughs> um, so it's another one of those. But he has a, in this particular video, he talks about a lot of the, uh, people will overlap panels or butt weld them together. And there's, there seems to be a really strong opinion about one over the other. And pretty much everybody has like a strong opinion. So he kind of gives some pros and cons for each one. Ultimately, it comes down to butt welding panels seems to be the preferred way that, you know, it's the more refined way to do it. It's also a lot harder. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of how I'm going to be trying to do the outer body uh, mm -hmm. as I go forward. I've done a couple of overlapped internal panels already and then just use seam sealer on the backside. But the problem, I'll go ahead and spoil his video. The big problem with doing overlapped panels is that... If you overlap two panels and then you weld across the, the seam all the way around, there is still a little bit of air in between those two panels. And so that air has moisture in it regardless because it's air. And so as the temperature fluctuates on the inside and the outside of the pushes two and panels, pulls yeah, it's, well, it's going to push and pull, and it's also going to condense the air on the inside. And once that air condenses, it's going to go down into the seam and start to rust that from the inside. Oh. So... <laughs> That's why, that seems to be why everybody, if you want to do it right, you butt weld the panels so that there is no You're internal. A yeah, You're a thing, butt weld. So. <laughs> Good Bob, one. has anybody suggested when you butt weld, if you, once you everything's lined up with all your like sort of alignment pins and everything, putting a chunk of copper behind the weld? Because that's kind of an old welding trick. Putting a chunk of copper, it sucks up the heat and keeps you from kind of blasting through. Yeah, I, I don't know that anybody's recommended the chunk, but I have a little, um, I don't know what you even call it, but it's a handle with a copper sheet, kind of an yep, eighth-inch yeah. copper sheet, and there's different do it. different shapes, sheets, that you can bolt onto this thing. And so you get behind it and you push that up. And it's also good for if you have a pinhole that you're trying to fill. Mm -hmm. If you put the copper sheet behind that pinhole, uh, you physically have something to push the wire against. Yeah. You know, it's not going to just poke through that hole and... Yeah. So it sucks the heat and just gives it enough of a surface to fill rather than blast through. So yeah, but that only works yeah. for really small holes. And the weld won't the weld won't stick. Just for the listeners, the weld will not stick to copper. Right. It's like a way to kind of like put like a oh. dam, and the and the molten metal will fill up against that dam, and then you just take the copper away. It doesn't stick to it. it won't weld. Yeah. The, the welds won't mix. The material won't mix. Yep. So. There you go. All right, cool. Uh, you guys got anything else? Mm. I'm, I'm glad yeah. we're ending like slightly on time because I gotta go. So we'll do a quick after show. Okay, we'll keep. They're it short. all waiting for me over there. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll make essential coming up. Bob yes, we'll be make essential in a couple weeks. Yep. 
be there. They're going to throw tomatoes at me on stage, and Bob's going to stand there with a net that he makes in his next video and just catch all the <laughs> rotten tomatoes they throw at me. <laughs> hmm. I should turn a baseball bat and then just try to hit the tomatoes before they hit you. That would be good. I would appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Collaboration done. Dot. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thank you. Love you. Later.